And a very good morning to you. Welcome to the show, Breakfast with Pat and Heels. It's Wednesday, 24th of January. Heels and I am surrounded by heat merchandise. Once again, Patty, yeah. it's on. The chairman has raided, raided the merchandise locker of the heat. Uh, you've got Vanessa dressed up. Uh, yes. Yeah, she's ready to go as well. Oldie and a goldie. Mm. Vanessa's wearing, she's wearing a WBBL strip. With the, uh, you know, older, you know, sponsors. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she's hung on to that one really well. Okay, so you'll be fixing that up, hopefully, no, the, the new no, one for her? No, I don't, no, I don't <laughs> think so. I haven't rated anything, man. I just had to wash my jacket and my, my shirt and put it back on. Well, we can they see. Keep who, making finals. We can see who runs this show because you've declared eight until nine the hour of power for the heat. Eight hour. Yes. So we've we got have the coach. We, we have found Josh Brown, have we? Yes, Brownie <laughs> woke up and sorry, sorry. He's a bit worried. I, mean, I did send him a text threatening the axe. <laughs> so he didn't mention that. So, uh, yes, Brownie, he says, yeah, no worries, no worries. Uh, but, mate, I had trouble sleeping. So I'm, I'm imagining he took a long time to get to sleep and mm. he's just crashed finally. And now he's in Sydney. So, uh, but, you know... When someone takes such big risks against such good bowling mm. and makes it look easy, it's not going to be terribly consistent. You can't keep doing that as successfully as he did two nights ago. So yeah. the the rest of the boys, get ready. You might have a, um, a lot more work to do on your plate tonight if Brownie doesn't come off. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got a good attack too, the Sixers. This is, of course, the BBL final that we're mm. talking about at the SCG tonight. Hills is jumping a, a plane straight after the show to get down there in his role as chairman of the Heat. Yeah, oh, what an important role. I've got to sit there all night. That's <laughs> in a, it. In a private box. <laughs> watch the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, then I'll get back for uh, tomorrow. No, I won't get back for tomorrow's show. I'll do tomorrow's show from Sydney, Paddy, yep, okay. in the studio, and then I'm going to re- get back in time to commentate at the Gabba oh, of course. for SEN. Test match tomorrow. Well, we Starts got... at 2. My flight lands at 1. Okay, well, I'm you've... trying to get it. Put back. You have rated that uh, that contact book of yours because you've got Josh. We've got Wade Seckham in the hour of heat power from eight o'clock. Yes, and we've also you've also tracked down Manus. Manus, so yes. Manus is going to have a chat. He'll be glued to the heat tonight, like everyone well, else in Brisbane. Well, I just see Keemar Roach on the uh, television um, right now as we're looking at the news, the Fox News, and he he got three for eighteen in the final for the heat, the first print championship we ever won, yeah. the only one we've ever won. How many? How many? Franchises have won more than one premiership. Sixers, Scorchers. Mm. Adelaide? No, I win. I win some, Pat, today. <laughs> um, no, that's all. Sixers and Scorchers. Oh, really? The only ones who won Bloody more than one. Yeah? So come on, we can be the latest. Okay. I think two two scary bowlers for the Sydney Sixers. For me, Ben Dorsius. Yep. You know, if the Brisbane Heat ever tried to uh, recruit him, there's no way he'd come to us. There's 10 wickets he's going to miss every year by playing for the Heat. He normally gets five against us every time he plays <laughs> us. So we've got to outlast Dorcius and Steve O'Keefe in his last game. They're all going to be pretty pumped. He bowls at the front. He can bowl yeah. in the middle when they're under pressure. He can bowl at the end. He's been unbelievable. So so I'd like, you know, you know Kuhneman, for example, Matty Kuhneman, to really have his as his figurehead, as his idol in the future. What he did in T20 cricket, Steve O'Keefe, yep. Matty Kuhneman can do and emulate. So that would be good. But then the rest of them, I think we can cover them off. Uh, you know, Sean Abbott has his nights, but um, Jack Edwards, mm. uh, Todd Murphy might play for them. I, I think, and Hayden Kerr. 
We've let them covered. Come yeah, on, look, I'm, I'm wanting Brown to be still there when O'Keefe gets on because, you know, he, he really took to the spinners the other night, didn't he? Yes. And, um, uh, yeah. Um, O'Keefe. Boyce can, and, Boyce and uh, Pope. You might get your wish if O'Keefe takes the first over. Yeah, he might. <laughs> He's still in. Yeah. Paddy will be happy. <laughs> he hasn't placed the ball yet. but uh, So, yeah, yeah, definitely. We're, someone's got to go long. All right. Well, as I said, we've uh, dedicated virtually the last hour of the show to the Heat. We'll have the coach and we'll have uh, our hero from the other night at Carrara, Josh Brown. We have found him. Um, you can join us on the open line right the way through the show this morning. 13 13 55 is that number. Or the text line is 0467 736 736. And we're here. Hills, brand new sponsors this year, MFP Easy. They've been voted Queensland's best fibreglass pool builder. Heard that they've been advertising quite a bit all around. So good on F- MFP. Okay. They're attacking. Yeah. And, of course, Hyundai, who've been with us for a long time now. Hyundai, the SUV sale, that big sale event is on right now. So BBL day, BBL final day, uh, test match tomorrow. We'll get the, the latest from Manus on Travis Head. Of course, he's been battling a, a little bout of COVID. So, uh, have you, have, do you think we've got Renshaw tonight? Well I, well, I was hoping the chairman might be able to inform <laughs> us and keep us informed. <laughs> well, once again, we haven't read much about it, so yeah. he's probably there like he was the other night. Well, on test eve. Yeah, but it's hard, isn't it? What time do we start tomorrow at the Gabba? Two. Two o'clock. Okay. It's test eve, but he's only the concussion substitute. Yeah. L- like he's not, uh, he's in the squad. He's not actually in the 11 at this stage, mm. unless something happens today. Uh, well, they'll drag him straight away. So, yeah, tough tough ask if you're preparing for a, a white ball T20 final and then the next day you, you, you're getting back to the red ball. Uh, no, well, it's a pink ball, isn't it? Day-nighter. Yeah. Day-nighter with plenty of grass on the wicket, plenty of humidity, which means the ball might swing and uh, tough for the batsman. Yeah, well, Pat Cummins was asked in his traditional uh, you know, match eve press conference uh, about the effects of this being a pink ball test. Oh, it does. I think probably more for the batters. Um but a little bit for the bowlers as well. It's kind of the ball feels a little bit different in the hand. Over the course of kind of 80 overs, the ball does um, go through different periods. There's, there's times where it feels like it just starts seeming around and suddenly it goes flat for a while. Um, but, you know, it's still cricket. It's, it's not a hell of a lot different to, to other test matches. Mm. He gave us an update too on Travis Head, who was due in Brisbane in the last, you know, 12, 24 hours. That's what made me ask about Renshaw. You know, when you were talking about Travis, I went, I threw straight back to Renshaw. Remember, he was sitting in his own dressing room in the Sydney yeah, Test. That's right, yeah. yeah, with COVID. Now, Travis <laughs> might be on the deck. Well, uh, the, the skipper gave us an update on his star batter. COVID's back. Um, yeah, Travis, Travis, fine. So I think he's he's flying up or might even be here at Brisbane um, now. He's yeah, feeling fine. So he'll he'll 100 play. Um, should be negative, kind of hopefully today or tomorrow. Uh, but even if he's positive, he can go and sit on on the edge of the field by himself waiting about. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't think. Yeah, yeah, well, there well, are control. three. There are three dressing rooms underneath uh. at the Gabba. So maybe he'll have one. And uh, hey, can someone give me some lollies? And they leave it at the door. Uh, well, <laughs> but uh, cricket, as Paddy said, there, cricket. Um, it's cricket, pink ball cricket and day-night tests, but it's different. There's three different stages every day. Afternoon play, yep. then evening play when it's, you know, and you've got to try to get a new ball in your hand then, and then night, night. In the last half an hour, if you've got fresh bowlers steaming in with a brand-new ball, look out. Yeah. So, yeah, the timings of test match play are different to a normal day. 
Hey, we're talking to Travis Head. He'd be pretty chuffed this morning. Um, the press release not long issued. Uh, in fact, about five o'clock this morning, the ICC have mm. named their teams of the year. And this right is, eh? you know, more just celebratory type stuff. But not surprisingly, the ICC men's test team of the year includes five Aussies. So yes. Pat Cummins has been named skipper. Mitchell Stark gets a spot. Usman is in for his unbelievable year. Travis Head is in. And Alex Carey is the wicketkeeper in the test team of the year. Um, now, in the men's ODI team of the year, Hills, we've got a couple, Head and Zampa. So Travis Head has, uh, has backed on up. Mm. But yeah, we got harshly treated there. Yeah, no Maxie. No, Given so his performance, it'll be the very World Cup. objective. This voting, it'll be on statistics through the whole year. It'll be the voting academy, which is massive. There, I used to be part of that. I used to do a bit of that. Uh, You'd get all the reams of statistics. So you, the tendency is, if you haven't seen a, a a player play, like I don't know some of the T Twenty uh, players that are in the T Twenty team, and Mark Chapman for New Zealand, for example, I don't know exactly what he's done, but those statistics would tell you how good a year he's had. Now, have the statistics been impactful, or have they been just statistics? Mm. Um, but yeah, I think we got hard done by as the team who won the World Cup in one day. Yeah, we haven't we haven't made we haven't got one player named in the men's T Twenty side. We've got a player from Uganda, you've got a couple from Zimbabwe, one from Ireland. You would have thought there was an Aussie made us just creep his way into there. In the women's, the ODI team of the year, plenty of Aussies, Litchfield, Perry, Mooney, who's the keeper, Gardner and Sutherland. So we've got a strong representation of five there in the women's ODI team of the year. And in the women's T20 team of the year, Mooney, Perry, Gardner and Megan Should. So Phoebe Litchfield, what a year. Yeah. What a year she got in there. And guess I met her auntie. Guess where I met her auntie? Where? In the waves at Burley. <laughs> she, I, I quickly covered up a bit. <laughs> did, she, did she know that she was in, pre, in presence of the king, the king of Burley? Or? Yeah, well, no, she's just another one on the, in the queue. She lined, <laughs> she lined up in the wake and just sort of said, oh, hi, I'm Phoebe Litchfield's auntie. And, um, yeah, she's having a great year. And now what follows when you're Australian test captain? You played golf with one of, with one of our greatest test captains oh, yesterday. Yes. Well, they, we will talk about that in a second. I bashed him too. But, <laughs> did you? But um, um, when, when you have the test skipper with microphones in front of him, naturally he was asked about everything. So Glenn Maxwell's name did pop up after the incident in Adelaide where apparently alcohol got the, uh, the better of him and uh, he, uh, he fainted or passed out and needed to be taken to hospital. He was asked about Glenn Maxwell. You know, we, we, we're all adults, and part of being an adult is, uh, yeah, you make your own decisions, and, um, yeah, I suppose in, in terms of this actual incident, you know, obviously wasn't on tour with Australia, was over there for a private event, so I wasn't with the cricket team, so um, it's a little bit different, but um, absolutely, anything, decision you make, you've kind of got to own it and be comfortable with it. Mm. Yeah, very strong and clear comments, yeah. and he continues to make them, and he makes them regularly throughout uh, in tours and mm. pre-tours and pre-series. Well, he, he insisted, you know, they're all adults. Let's state the obvious there, but he said they they're expected to own their actions, which I and you know he, he did stipulate that he wasn't there as part of the uh, of the team. I mean, they just come off a test, and apparently quite a few of the test players and the West Indies players were in the crowd to watch Six and Out, which is Brett Lee's band. Um, and, you know, he's stipulated. But, yeah, that's the way that Cummins runs the show. Yeah. You own your actions. You're all adults. He naturally, too, was dragged into the Australia Day debate. 
My personal opinions is, uh, you know, I absolutely love Australia. It's the best country in the world by a mile, and I think we should have it in Australia Day, but um, I think we can probably find a, a more appropriate day to, to celebrate. In particular, a sport like cricket, which has such diversity, and you get a good spectrum of um, just the community, I think, and, and a good, um, good feel for what the community um, kind of expects. So, yeah, knowing a couple of those, you know, players that you mentioned, you, you hear the stories and their feelings, um, so I think it does, yeah, gather extra importance. Something like Jan 26, it does mean some, something different to different people. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a tough day for some. So Australia Day is meant to be a celebration of, of everything Australia and our history. I, I think we could choose a better date. Okay. Yeah, once again, he's got his adult pants on, eh? Yeah. They're, they're great comments. Really, really good comments. And all these advisory committees we have around sport as well as society and the government, uh, they've got to come up with a date. Come on, give us an, give us what you want. Well, it didn't go quite as well for the CEO. So Nick Hockley, and we've taken this from 2GB, we thank them for it, he clashed heavily with, with Ben Fordham yesterday. Well, Ben clashed. Yeah. Nick just decided I don't have to answer that again. I thought he was very good. Okay. Well, this was... Um, many Australians celebrate Australia Day and absolutely love watching the, the cricket on, on, on that day and... You know, it's been a really full, it's been a fantastic summer of cricket, a very busy schedule. But the fact that we're scheduling test cricket um, uh, over the long weekend is, is absolutely reflect, reflective of that. We are also conscious that, that others, including you know, some of our elite female and male players, uh, particularly with those with Indigenous backgrounds, you know, it's, a, it's a difficult day for them. So um, what we are uh, trying to do, and what we've done over the last four or five years is it's really to be respectful for everyone and make sure everybody feels you know, absolutely welcome. And, and we just want everyone to come along and, and have a fantastic day. Okay, we've got to... Yeah, it became quite heated. He, he, wanted, he wanted Hockley to say, no, the words Australia Day will not be mentioned by our ground announcers, which eventually he did. Yeah. But uh, anyway, look, it, it became quite heated yesterday, but that was Nick Hockley, the CEO. Come and uh, enjoy the cricket yeah. on a long weekend and a public holiday. Okay. Vanessa's here. It's not so much celebrating Australia Day, but on that holiday, whatever you want to call it, come and see the cricket. Okay. All right. And now I've just found out that this is an old polo, old T-shirt. Yes, I'm in, my, mean, I'm in my teal today, oh. very proudly. You are so yeah. lucky. I mean, you, can, you, can even, you can get into your wedding dress, can't you? You can get no, into I your old actually. WBBL shirt. <laughs> you can. Probably a formal dress. <laughs> no, no, none of that. <laughs> well, let me give you a clue. I cannot get into one of my Channel 7 jackets. <laughs> well, how, how good a feeling is it when you buy a new suit that fits? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what have you got for us? Where okay, are we Okay, well, look, it's our daily weather watch today. Cyclone wrap. That tropical cyclone, Kiralee, is edging closer to the coast. Not officially yet a cyclone, but it is uh, slowly just edging towards Queensland. They're saying the latest is it could cross the coast as a high-end Category 2 system late on Thursday. But the Bureau says it does have the possibility to still develop into a severe Category 3. The uh, crossing area at the moment is between Cardwell and Bowen, but that warning zone extends from Air to Mackay. In the southeast, though, we are get set to get some of the aftermath of the tropical cyclone. We could get about 100 mils of rain. Warnings Australia Day could be the day of impact on Friday. Saturday, though, could also be some heavy rain, so we'll just keep an eye on that as we get closer. Uh, the Gold Coast Mayor speaking out yesterday as well. He says the Gold Coast is at response level three. There's sand 
handbag stations open and uh, they're also just talking about the levels of the Hins Dam. So just keeping an eye on the dam flow as well to avoid any unnecessary flooding. So... Look, again, as always, just keep an eye on those warnings, listen out for the latest updates, and we'll be keeping a close eye on that. They can't take a trick, the bomb, mm. you know. Remember the last cyclone or the last flooding? What yeah. was it, the devastating weather we had? Yeah, they, Cyclone Jasper. They, they they gave two weeks of warnings, didn't they? And they still got criticised for not having enough warnings. Well, that's oh. right. Some oh. of those oh. local warnings, though, they weren't, you know, they weren't sent out until people were already on their roofs. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I, I sort of, I sort of said, "Geez, they're overdoing this cyclone." At, yeah. In the lead up to it, and then they got criticised. They did. Yeah. You're right. They can't win. And look, we all know and love the kids' show, Play School. You know, a bit yes. of nostalgia. Oh, there. Yeah. There's a bear in well, there. Well, look, it's had a very special guest this week. Let's see if you can pick it. The others looked fit. The others looked quicker. They looked at the sloth and tried not to snicker. The races lined up. Then the starting horn blew. Spike took off fast. Her fairy feet flew. <laughs> Any guesses as I to who? Okay, Do we get don't someone say. To text in? Well, if you want, but they have to be quick. I mean, I'm about to reveal. She's <laughs> <laughs> your impatient. Yes. Heels. Do you have a guess? Uh, I would say Reese Walsh. No, but not not too far off. I oh, know. It's actually Kalen Ponga. Yes. And he's the first NRL star to ever be on Play School. He I was know. on the Storytime segment. So that's a little excerpt of him reading The Speedy Sloth. Um, so some eagle-eyed viewers spotted him on the show on Monday. It will also be replayed as well. He was very, he was quite natural, actually. Was he, he did a really good job. He kept a straight face. He's there on the couch talking to Big Ted and Little Ted. And he's saying, oh, you know, he asked those bears if they enjoyed running races or maybe they like playing rugby league like <laughs> me. <laughs> so, look, I think good it's, it's good to see. It's nice to see some uh, an mm. NRL player just, you know, connecting with the kids, doing something a bit different, showing a bit of a different side to his personality. I'm, but su- I'm surprised he- they haven't done more of that. Well, maybe they will from now. Yeah. And apparently he was a big hit with all the Queensland um, film crew on set in oh, play yeah. school. Oh, he's okay. a pioneer. Okay. Where does that get filmed, do you know? No. He, uh, he would have got filmed. Sure. Oh, so he lives mm. in I think Sydney. It's, yeah, lives I think it's Newcastle. Sydney. Yeah. Mm. On Patton Heels for breakfast, it's time for the Racing Queensland update. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. And the man with all the info is Chris Nelson, joining us as he does every Wednesday as we get into the uh, meeting at Doomba this afternoon. But, Chris, we do have Peach on the text line. Hey, Paddy, could you please ask Mr Nelson, was there a good excuse why he was at the golf course and not at the Deegan Trials yesterday, regards Peach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, Peach, just maybe I was at the Deegan Trials and then played golf in the afternoon. Has he ever thought of that? Well, we, well, that's that's a question we can ask you. Did you do that? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you you had I watched the Deegan Trials. Yeah. <laughs> On but, your phone uh, at golf. <laughs> then No, then hit the – well, the Deegan Trials are in the morning, so I didn't play golf till 3.30. Okay. Mm. So, and that's when it started to rain, which was great. It rained all the way around pretty much. Beautiful. All right, find us a winner. Durban today. Look, we haven't updated the track condition as yet. It was a soft five yesterday. I don't, was there much rain in Brisbane yesterday afternoon? Um, no, none. No, none, no, none yesterday afternoon. And uh, I, I noticed a little bit of water on the roads this morning, so maybe we've had a shower overnight, but I don't reckon it'll be much more than that. 
Okay, so it might be a good four, if not remains a soft five. Uh, I think there's one good thing and a couple we can have a few dollars on because uh, there's just a couple of slight queries, but race two, number five, two wish, I think is a good thing. Uh, one start, ran fifth at Doombin a couple of weeks ago behind Bloodhawk. Now, Drew Gate, nine of 11 that day. Uh, Jimmy Orman had no option then to go back, which he did, and then the horse ran on quite well at the end of 1110. Up to 1200 metres today, much better draw. And if you look at her trials, the ones where she's drawn inside, she has settled on speed. So I think she will settle on speed here. And there's a few here with doubts. I mean, first starters at 1,200 metres always worries me. Other horses with uh, sort of just average form. So keep coming back to this one. Think it's beautifully placed. Race two, number five, two wish. Uh-huh. Now, race three, number four, Sharp Dazzler uh, for Tony and Maddie Sears was a real eye catcher at Doombin two weeks ago as well. Uh, just couldn't get a crack at them in the straight early. Uh, and Jones rode on that occasion. Looked to have plenty to offer. Uh, he got out late and he really hit the line strongly. That was 13.50. Up to 16.50 today suits on that. But what doesn't appeal is the barrier. Ryan Maloney jumps on and he guessed that uh, he's going to go back from that wide draw. But look, if they can run on, and we do have a nine and a half metre rail, so that's a bit iffy, then I think it's a chance. But we'll back that one each way. Race yep. three, number four, Sharp Dazzler. And race five, number 11, Fumico. Now, short price favourite here, one of Kelly Schweeters, number 10, Ring of Steel. Dominant winning last time out, but for mine, that was a much easier race. So back up in grade today, I think, is a bit of a risk. Fumico gets back in her races. Tony Gollins only had her for a short time. I think he'd be working on trying to get her to settle closer in the run, and she can do that here from gate number three. So I'm going to have a couple of dollars on Fumico, race five. Number 11, guys. Hey, Chris, with those sort of tactics, and, and um, can you improve a horse dras- dramatically? What, going forward yeah, instead of going, going back? Going, Not, yeah, better at going forward if you have to in a race? Well, it depends. Some horses just don't like being bustled early, uh, and they have that's just their pattern to go back in their races, and that's just their, their one-trick ponies, basically. Yeah, okay. Others, yeah, look, if they draw a gate, and Tony Gowen often does this, he has horses that do... Settle out the back. And as with Fumico, they draw a gate, just kick them a little bit at the start, take advantage of that gate, and suddenly they find themselves cl- themselves closer. But not all horses that settle back suddenly go forward and, and appreciate it. We had one at the last race in Sydney on Saturday called Centerstone, who runs on really well in its races. Drew beautifully. J-Mac had it at third. The fence just didn't finish it off or ran last. So yeah. mm. they're funny animals, horses. Yes. They're a bit like humans. Yes, I'm fully aware of Centre Stone, John. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for bringing it up. So. That was a good <laughs> – travelled beautifully about the 300-metre mark. You, you were cactus, buddy. <laughs> All right, mate. Great to chat. We've got to get to the news. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, guys. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Maybe we can ask SEN's tennis expert, Brett Phillips, who we'd love having on the show, about Cuzzy's sneaky multi. I don't know whether he'd know much about the weather in Brisbane for the cricket, but Brett, Cuzzy, who's a regular listener and a very smart man when it comes to sport, says Alcaraz wins the men, Sabalenko wins the ladies, throw it in a multi with a draw in the cricket. Um, what are you thinking? A draw in the cricket. Well, only because only wow. because it, they're, they're talking heavy rain up here come okay. Saturday. Well, Vanessa moved that's, that forward to Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the only thing that could save the mighty West Indies at the moment because they are fodder. But um, Elcarez, oh look, uh, this is a really interesting run home now. I mean, 
you know, Djokovic Sinner now confirmed as the semi, um, and this is this is. I'm just excited to see how Yannick Sinner's game stacks up now against uh, the ten-time champion. And Carlos probably should beat Zverev today. He's been in tip-top shape all tournament. Um, you know, we keep thinking uh, that. Well, not not we, but uh, there's a lot of people who are thinking that Djokovic is maybe not looking as stable uh, as he has in matches but and you know <laughs> and whether some of this is gamesmanship which we've debated before and I think there's an element of that um, in foxing his opponents to uh, sort of play uh, you know play dead so to speak uh, you know son yesterday and you know just uh, looking like uh, the body was failing him and then just goes up a notch you know just like nothing's happened uh, he's been doing this forever so I think there's a little bit of that but they're still going to outlast him somehow, but gee, uh, Alcaraz and Sinner, you know, just uh, if both can have a crack at him, uh, who knows what might be able to happen? We'll just come down to the day and some execution, but you know, both are not without a chance. Even though this guy, uh, Djokovic, has just uh, been the king at Melbourne Parks, so, you know, at some point that has got to end. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. And there's so, a little chasing pack developing. Medvedev stayed under the radar a bit, hadn't he? Yeah, we forget to talk about him yeah. heels all the time uh, because of uh, the two young guns. And, you know, he's the best performed hardcore going around the last three or four years, Medvedev. And, you know, he's, he wants to win more titles. He's been in this sort of window, uh, you know, a couple of finals here, won the US Open, but he'd love to have a better resume than just being a one-slam um, champion. So he's hungry. Yeah. Uh, you know, Zverev's hungry today. I mean, Zverev um, was world number three, the leader of that Young Packer going back a few years ago. The only thing he hasn't got in on his resume is a Grand Slam. Um, you know, Hubert Hurkacz, he's desperate too. He's inside the top 10. So, yeah, the competition now uh, is 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 top-notch in, in the second part of the uh, tournament where, you know, you've got a lot of players who are, are mounting a good case and just who's good enough. Mm. Hey, I've got to ask you about the scheduling. I mean, they had a, what, a, a Legends doubles game at lunchtime yesterday. Uh, that, that went for a while, and, and the women didn't get out there. And it, you know, then we saw the men's, the final men's match, Sinner uh, and Rublev not start until half past ten or something last night. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous, uh, Pat. I mean, we've already pushed the start time of Rod Laver Arena this year to midday from eleven o'clock, but we've reduced the schedule one less match. All okay. designed so we never, ever, ever start the night session late, so we don't get these extraordinary late night finishes. So yesterday they put on a Legends match, yeah, which meant that the start time was not before one o'clock for Coco Golf. Now, it, it was one of those extraordinary days when you had a women's match that went three hours and eight minutes, followed by uh, Fritz and Djokovic that went, what, just under four hours. Mm. So you don't get that often. Um, so that was extraordinary. And they did make the offer last night for Sabalenka and Krachikova um, to uh, go and play on Margaret Court Arena. So they could get their match underway. They started two hours later than the seven o'clock schedule. Both uh, declined that. And um, look, fortunately, we sort of got out a reasonably respectable hour. It could have been four or five a.m. the way it was looking uh, through the day, uh, because Sinner won in straight. Sabalenka cleaned up in an hour again. So that sort of got things back to a respectable level. But I noticed today there's no legends scheduled for quarterfinal ah, day. What a the surprise! And they're at Keyon. They've been moved. Go over there. Uh, court, court 15 at the back. The Scud and uh, Marcus Bagdadis and Co. Court 15 out the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, another one, uh, Patty and, and Brett. Uh, Coco Goff, like, she played like a C grader, she said yesterday. Can she improve and can she cause some damage if she does improve? Well, there's always probably one match 
uh, when you go through and win a title, there's always one match in a tournament that um, is is not the norm because that yeah. hasn't been the norm for Coco. No, you know. But this was this was the ultimate test um, to see if she could overcome some adversity. Uh, Marta Kostiuk, you know, she just took it up to her through everything at the, at the kitchen sink at uh, Coco, and that, I think that was a great sign of maturity for her to come through a match. That could be the making of her to win that tournament, uh, win this tournament yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the way she uh, got out of jail, or so to speak. Uh, Savalenka's had a clean run the whole way through. But I don't think that'll count against uh, Coco. She is superbly fit, handled that 29-degree um, you know, day beautifully yesterday. And Yeah, but you know she's going to have to take on Savalenka, who you know you always feel like the, the game's on Arena's racket. If she executes, it's just all that firepower and pretty hard to contain. So that'll be the... Yeah, that'll be um, the one for Coco to try and problem solve her way through. Yeah. I'll tell you what, she's become the new cult figure, hasn't she, with all the antics and, the, and the, you know, before she plays, bouncing balloons, signing the trainer's head and all that sort of thing. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah she's out there. Arena, she's one of the great personalities. Uh, I really enjoy, uh, uh, you know, covering her. Uh, she's, you know, she's just great. She's uh, vulnerable. She takes you inside her world. And, um, yeah, her tennis last night was... Uh, it was brilliant to watch and look, I mean, she's in the semi-final again, I think for the sixth consecutive semi-final, but she stumbled three times at the French Wimbledon US uh, last year. So I'm sure that'll be playing on her mind and Coco will be looking to take advantage of that. But yeah, Sabalenka eyeing, you know, a consecutive major in Melbourne. All right, I know you've got a stack of commitments today. Just give me your guesstimates for winners of both, men's and women's. The whole lot? Yeah, just the two. Who do you think will will win the two yep. finals now that we're? This well, I'm still convinced Djokovic. I yep. think Djokovic is just um, he has to be the front runner. He only gets better uh, down the stretch of the second week. And look, I I do like Coco still. Yeah, I think Coco can certainly upset uh, Sabalenka. And then you know the other side, I think she'll be too good for either you know probably a Yastremska or a Zhang. I think both get through today to a semi final. I, I think Coco will recover well and. I think she beat Sabalenka to continue the semi-final yips for the uh, okay. world number two. All right. Brilliant insight as usual, mate. Love to have you on the show. Brett Phillips, our SEN tennis expert. Thank Thanks, you, Brett. mate. Thanks, gents. SEN's Australian Open coverage live from 6 o'clock tonight. You'll hear that on the SEN app. I've just been going through the, the record. So I reckon it's his sixth test at the Gabba. I know you don't get to play, you know, when you're an Australian cricketer, you've got a tour of the world, which he has done. But I reckon Marnus is averaging 80 at the Gabba with a couple of centuries. Oh, he'll know. <laughs> Morning, Marlis. Oh, yeah, morning, Hills. Morning, guys. How are we? What, what do you reckon your Brisbane average is, man? Oh, I wouldn't know, Hills. Okay. Wouldn't know. But, but it's up there. <laughs> it's up there, so keep it going, uh, eh? Well, Marlis, it's... It. No, it, it's going well. I reckon it's Pat Welch here as well, mate. I reckon you're averaging 81 at the Gabba. <laughs> Right, eh? oh, I, I, I'm feeling you've got the stats right now in front of you, so you know better than I do. <laughs> Mate, this summer looks quite comfy for you, for you fellas, um, having come off such a, a historic World Cup one-day win. But it's not real comfy for the batters, is it? The, the attacks, you, you've had your hands full plenty of times with Pakistan's attack, now the West Indies attack, and quite often you only get to bat once. That That's never good, eh? It's not fun. Um, yeah, I, I think the conditions have changed a little bit over the last sort of four years in, in, in Australia. I think, um, you know, batting has been definitely uh, tougher than it was probably previously, especially speaking to guys like Steve, who 
obviously been around for a much longer time than I have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it brings the, the games closer together. Um, and, I mean, obviously we've got a world-class bowling attack, so it makes, uh, obviously, our batters a... a, a you know, at times struggling a little bit, but it obviously means the opposition are going uh, a, a lot worse. Yeah. The, this West Indies side, I mean, I know the test was over in two and a little bit days the other day, but are you seeing some light at the, the end of the tunnel for them? Yeah, I, I mean, both the last series we've had, there's been moments in the game where the opposition have had opportunities to sort of grab the game by the scruff of the neck and we've sort of just been able to... Uh, hold on, get through that period, and then sort of get back on top of the game. I mean, if you take that, um, you know, if Pakistan take that catch off Mitch Marsh at first slip, I think we're five for 27. Mm. Um, and then that obviously, you know, changes the whole dynamic of that game. Um, and even this this game uh, that just went by, I mean, West Indies got a couple of early wickets, and if they, you know, got the likes of Travis Head, um mm early there, all of a sudden, you know, the, the game is a, is a lot closer and they might end up getting 150, you know, 200 run chase and that becomes a much different ball game. Yeah, he pushed his luck early doors, didn't he? He was flashing and inside edging onto his back pad and uh, then he then he found some freedom. Uh, how is, uh, well, how's Travis Head's health, do you know, and how's Smithy going as an opener? Um, I mean, small sample size uh, with, with Smudge opening the batting yet. I mean, I've said this before, but he's been pretty successful in every position he's batted. Yep. Um, so I'm sure he's going to find a way to to adapt and, and score runs. I think, you know, as the public, everyone's very quick to jump to conclusions and to say it's not working. I mean, he's had one innings and one not out. So um, give it time. I think time will tell if, if, it, if it's, if it's, if it was the right move or not, but I've got a lot of faith in Smudge to be able to find a way to score runs pretty much in any position, in any conditions. Yeah, I think he'll be right. No problems at all. And I think it's something, I'm with him, uh, that it's something that he probably needs uh, to, to free him up again and, and get into it, um, which which is great. I, I reckon he will succeed for sure. You'd be a, the best judge in the team probably, how the Gabba's looking if you've seen it. Um, I haven't seen the wicket yet. When we got there yesterday, they were covering the wicket already. So um, we, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a bit of a tricky wicket last year against South Africa with uh, the steep bounce and it was, you know, the the two very fast bowling attacks. But, um, I mean, with the weather around that we've had, um, it'll be interesting to see what the wicket's like. I think they'll probably be a little bit in it on day one and I mean with the, with some of the, the temperatures um, they might leave a little bit more moisture in the wicket to, to sort of um, with the, the day night tests and, and things like that the game starting later a lot of uh, probably a bit more sun on the wicket so I'm not sure but um, we'll find out in the next couple of days yes we will yeah hey so Travis okay as far as you know now is Matty Renshaw with you in camp or um, is he is he down in Sydney uh, good question. I I haven't seen Matt Renshaw. He wasn't at training yesterday. Um, oh, that's good. So oh, that's I good. Assume that, assume that he's in Sydney, uh, ready to play tonight. And uh, I think he'll be at the game tomorrow uh, for the start of play. 
Hey, uh, coming up after you, we've got Josh Brown. Uh, what about that innings the other night? Just give us a comment about that. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. I was uh, I was sitting at home and, and sort of riding the wave of every ball, and um, yeah, it was just unbelievable the way he struck the ball. I actually, um, I actually said that you know it goes underrated, but um, you know Nathan McSweeney's innings there just sort of giving Brown the strike. I think sometimes when someone's going like that, it can be very hard to keep the rhythm and momentum if the other guy's also trying to, to smack him at the other end. Yes. So and, I, I think... And, and Renner's held his own too there. He, he was just uh, patiently yeah, I, at well, the other I end. Gonna, yeah, I was going to say, I actually texted um, Renner's, uh, I think it was the 16.1 ball... And he knocked it into the leg side for one in the power surge um, and got Brownie on strike. And I said, great batting. And I texted him that yeah. great batting because it was, you know, it was the perfect, yeah, just I think both Nathan and um, Matthew read the situations perfectly and made sure that the guy that was hot was getting as many balls as he could. And, and I think, um, I mean, it was uh, probably one of the best innings I've ever seen in T20 cricket. Oh, so, um, yeah, Bra- Brownie cool. loved it so much, didn't he? He just re- had so much joy that he had done it. I can only imagine what the dugout was like. I, I thank you, Manus, and I was pleased that you got a taste of uh, Big Bash cricket this year. It was a quality match at the Gabba. Did you enjoy playing the Scorchers? Oh, so good. I mean, the two games that we played, um, you know, the Stars up front and then the Scorchers was great. It was great to be a part of the Big Bash. And, um, you know, it, it probably gives us a little bit of a taste of what it might look like next year with a bit of a uh, more availability for the international players. And it's exciting. It's a great tournament to play in. And the crowds have been so good this year. And the Heat fans and everything have been awesome. So it's going to be awesome to see what it all looks like uh, for next season. Yeah, how, how do you feel we match up against the Sixers? Um, yeah, it's going to be good because I think both teams have good spinners. I mean, we've got, um, you know, Mitchell Swepson and Matt Kuhneman, um, and also we know spin plays a big part. I think the game's going to be one about how we play Stephen O'Keefe. Okay. Um, yeah. And he's, He's going to be a, a main a main feature for them. It's going to be, um, you know, hopefully if we can get Brown, he's still there through the middle and and put pressure on on Sock. Um, that'll be ideal. But I think that's where the game's going to be won and lost. Hey, just quickly, you're probably not across this. The ICC have named their teams of the year for 2023. Only came out in the early hours of the morning. Now, unfortunately, you've been bumped out by an unknown called Kane Williamson from uh, New Zealand for that number three spot. But there's five Aussies in this Test 11, which is phenomenal. So we've got Uzi, we've got Travis Head, Alex Carey is the wicketkeeper, Pat Cummins is the captain of this uh, ICC Men's Test Team of the Year, and Mitchell Stark is in there as well. It's a huge feather in the cap of Australian cricket to get almost half the Test Team of the Year, isn't it? Yeah, I think it probably just shows, you know, what this team's achieved and this group's done. Um, I think everyone's been phenomenal over a long period this year. We've had some tough tours, you know, in the last few years. We've had, you know, Sri Lanka away, Pakistan away, India away, England away. <laughs> and we've been able to hold our own and play very good cricket in those continents. And I think that's, that's that's how you sort of judge a team. It's not necessarily always how they play at home, but it's how they play away. And I think, you know, we've played some very good cricket over the last year. Are you a believer that there is a big future for Test cricket? I know we've got India. Next summer for five tests, then we've got an Ashes. So it's going to have a big profile in this country. But are you a worrier about the future of test cricket? 
Um, I, I, look, everyone always talks about, you know, the future of test cricket and, and it sort of always comes around and then you, you start watching these tests and, that, you know, the excitement that it brings. You know, Tour of India next year are followed by an Ashes Away. Um, you know, even, you know, tomorrow, you know, we've got, you know, us versus the West Indies and then England and India do battle in India. I mean, I'll be, you know, there's so much excitement in the game. I think it's just about making sure that we continue to prioritise it um, and and make sure that we can bring, you know, the other countries that are probably not as fortunate as us um, along and, and, and keep developing and improving and making sure that we're, you know, that there's enough test cricket on to make sure everyone's getting better continuously. Yeah, and, and your tour of New Zealand will have eyeballs for sure, uh, which follows this yeah, summer here exactly. in Australia. Um, they were, Richie Benno always says that they were talking about the death of test cricket in 1950. So, and it's still going strong, strong, strong. So uh, we, we shouldn't be worried, but those other countries mightn't value it as highly as we do. Manus, thanks a lot, mate. Yeah, on Test Eve, mate, we really appreciate you giving us your time and your thoughts. And uh, as I said, it's been a happy hunting ground for you at the Gabble. Long may it continue. Uh, thanks very much, guys. It's a pleasure to be on this morning and uh, enjoy your day and enjoy the Test match tomorrow. i tell you what, we're happy to allow him to sleep in yesterday. Yes. After what he did the night before was just unbelievable. And I'd like it to be interesting to find out when Josh Brown actually got home from that match. But 140 or 57, most sixes in a BBL innings at 12, highest score ever for the Heat, only the third century for the Heat. The, the stats go on and on. Josh Brown, um, thanks for joining us today on a, on a big, big day for the team. And congrats on the other night, mate. It was just exhilarating. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah, you were, you were that happy, eh? You were that happy for yourself even, Brownie, weren't you? Which made me so happy for you. So how was the feeling? Oh, it was pretty surreal, to be honest. Obviously happy to go out and do what I did and then get the team into the into the final. Because you, you bat with a lot of pressure, don't you? You go out to bat and everyone's hoping that you're going to do what you did the other night every time. So so it's not that easy. Can Are you good and getting better at putting that aside and just playing cricket? Yeah, yeah. The only pressure I seem to think about is more so the pressure I put on myself. But, yeah, that's getting easier every, every game that I play. Yeah. So, uh, is there a word or a couple of words to describe the exhilaration? I mean, even Heels, who was in the crowd, and obviously he's got you know heavy links to the Heat, and that he said even he was buzzing when he got back to Brisbane. You know, he said it was so excited for you. Uh, you know, having your, your your family there and all that sort of thing made it just it must have been great. Yeah, it was pretty special. Like, obviously, yeah, to do yeah, do what I did, it was um, yeah. I don't really have too many words other than that it was special. Yeah, yeah unreal, mate. Was there a turning point uh, at all in the innings? Did it? How did it feel walking out to bat? Was it very different to, from two nights before where it wasn't so easy for you? Um, you know, how did it feel right from the word go? Uh, it felt pretty normal, to be honest. Like just, you know, when you're walking out and then obviously we lost Wacky early and, and I was batting with Whatever you know, played a lot of cricket with. So yes, it was, just felt felt normal. So it just felt like there was no pressure. I think one of the early sixes that went over deep mid wicket uh, away from the pavilion. I, I said, I, th- I think that's hit the bottom of the bat. 
And and I thought, oh, that might be okay because after that, you really did get your balance right. Um, is that would did that help you? That bottom of the bat one that carried so far and then kick you into that innings. No, the first one I hit off um, Henry Thorn, I actually timed the pants off it. So right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I'm on tonight. I'll yeah. Try and cash in while I can. Okay, and then what did you like from there? I uh, just, you know, I had my, I was nice and clear with my plans and having Buddha the other end, as I said before, it helped me a lot because he's seen me play at my best, seen me play at my worst, so he just kept me in check while he was out there. Yeah, because there was, it was frustrating for you in that match before against the Sixers on that track, wasn't it? It was just, it was just seeming around a mm-hmm. little bit and, and you were having trouble. But, but we had Buff on the show and said you two had worked together since that match. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've had some good chats about, you know, how I like to go about it and how he wants me to go about it. And yeah, luckily enough, it all just fell into place and just kept flying in the middle of the bat. Hey, just a quick one, speaking of the bats, how's sales of bison bats going since the other night? Yeah, they've been taken off on the Cooper Cricket side, so <laughs> no, it's been very good. It's been very good. Yeah, but delivery will be terrible because you're never there to make yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not there, and the boss has come down for, you know, the final tonight, so <laughs> hopefully I can get back in soon and make some up. Yeah, you'll have to take some clefts with you interstate or yeah. internationally. Has there been any yeah. any interest internationally already? Um, I think there's been a little bit, but I'm sort of just waiting until, you know, after, after the final so I can keep all my focus on that. And and you know that that focus you talk about, Brownie, you know, the, the basics that you got to concentrate on, it's... It, it needs to be really clear again tonight, doesn't it, rather than the outcome, you know, rather than making runs. If you get those basics right, it might happen again. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've got my processes and I'll just stick to them. So I'm either going to, yeah, you know, go off or you know, I might, might not get a big <laughs> score, but hopefully I can still contribute. Uh, yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, the injury update, what was it that kept you off the field and how is it? Uh, just a little hip thing, obviously, with all the adrenaline adrenaline going. I didn't feel it until I sort of sat down for five minutes. And then yeah, my whole leg just sort of tightened up. So I reckon it was a hip, a and, hip joint or oh, okay. you know, along those lines. Similar to the one from Brisbane when you did all that running between wickets with McSweeney? Uh, similar, but this one was a little bit worse. So that was, yeah. Okay. But you're okay now. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. We haven't really done much in the last 24 hours. So, uh, um, there we go. Now, Heels is hearing that, that Renners is with the team at Renshaw. He has joined you. Yeah, yeah, he's here. He's here with us, which is nice. And whilst the Brisbane Test match pitch is undercover, have you been able to see the Sydney pitch uh, yesterday? No, we haven't even been to the ground. Okay. So, yeah, that will be. Normally, it's a you know we beat them late last season, didn't we? On our bit of a run to the final. So, how do you feel we match up? Yeah, I feel like we match up pretty good against them, to be honest. Mm. So, yeah, we beat them last year in the what was it, the Challenger? Yeah, beat him at the CG on probably. I don't know. I must say that was the worst weekend of last year that we played on. Yeah, that's right. It was getting dry and dusty, wasn't it? Um, so, you know, yeah. they might like that, but we beat them on it. Yeah, they've got a handy attack with Warshus, et cetera, and Abbott, but uh, uh, Steve O'Keefe will will have plenty of focus on him tonight, won't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's a very crafty bowler and obviously being his last game, so yeah, I'm sure he'll be up and about for it. Do you work on a plan for him? 
Uh, not really. I just think he's a left arm author. So if he puts one in my slot, I want to try to hit it for six. Yeah, into the into the gaps. That's one thing that I was extremely impressed. I think some of the best placement of shots in the history of T20 cricket. I reckon the the gaps were there, and you used them the other night very well. Did it feel like that? Yeah, it was part of my plan. Just watch it react. And obviously, with uh, that wicket, there was no edge wicket, so you didn't get much value for hitting it hard along the ground. Yes, so I was always going to be looking a little bit more aerial, but. Yeah, hit the ball hard into the gaps. Yeah, you didn't take on the fielders at all, which was which is great. They they had plenty of work to do. And what about running between wickets when there's only one one pitch dropped in? The sides are soft, as you said, about hitting the ball into it. What about running on that? Did did you cope or did that contribute to the hit probably? Um, I reckon I slid a few times, like when I was yes. turning. So that could have been – I think that's maybe why the hip went. Hmm. Okay. What about that time? You, what about that time you made a late decision to turn blind? What was that all about? <laughs> oh, I said to I said to Renners at the other end. I was like, I was trying to fox him a little bit because I knew he was watching me, and so yeah, I tried to. And it worked. So yeah, you tricked right. him. He, he got back. He got back for two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, unbeknownst to you, uh, that the, while you were in the midst of that unbelievable innings, uh, the TV were interviewing your mum. Said now, Jan uh, gave us a few insights. Said when you first picked up a golf club, you got it in the uh, hole in three shots, and you one time scored ten goals playing young junior soccer. Is that all right? Yeah, all right. I remember the, the golf was at Capera back back in the day, yes. and yeah, I used to play soccer for many years, like Swepo and I grew up playing soccer together, so right, eh? an interesting one for you. Now, does your yeah, mum, yeah. your mum still doesn't carry you or wheel your coffin, does she? No, no. Oh, no, no, no. We knew you were no, going to no. say that. Oh, I remember at Redlands, mate, when she was walking your bag to the car. Brownie, go and get your bag off. No, she'll be right. <laughs> hey, Josh, thank you. Thanks for picking up, mate. We really appreciate it. Uh, with you know, you had us all in a buzz yesterday. That innings was brilliant, and we hope something similar tonight in the final would uh, would go a long way to ensuring a heat victory. Good wishes, Brownie. Yeah, thank you very much. Hopefully, I can repeat it tonight. Ooh. Good stuff, Josh Brown, joining us there from the Brisbane Heat after that unbelievable innings the other night. You'll hear every ball of tonight's BBL final between the Brisbane Heat and Sydney Sixers live from six o'clock on SENQ 693 AM, SEN Gold Coast 1620 AM, or, of course, on the SEN app. Gentlemen, that's yeah. putting in plenty of time and trying to win this final for the Brisbane Heat tonight. Wade Seckham, the coach, and we really thank him for his time. We've just had Brownie on. Wade, good morning. Um, let, let's, let, let's go back before we go forward. That innings the other night, is that one of the best things you've ever seen in cricket? <laughs> it actually is. How good was it? Yeah. Uh. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Brownie, the the man of the moment. I'm glad you had him on. Uh, yeah, no, he's uh, that was that was. You know, we we know what he's capable of when he gets when he gets going. And um, look, he he sort of got a roll on, didn't he? He got a few away early, and then it was just um, he was just going to try and see how many more he could hit out of the park, and he just continued to. Oh, he can just like create fear into a bowling attack, can't he? That's, that's a really good really good point you make, Heels, because I think you know you look at. Players that are destructive like that, they actually get a lot of bad balls from bowlers, and it's it's credit to them because they're putting the bowling under pressure, and um, they just didn't know where to bowl to Brown. And as a result, they kept missing their, their lengths, and he just kept putting him out of the park. And and then the good thing about him, he can do it off the back and front foot and straight and square of the wicket. So you know that's why they can lose their focus. 
Yeah, that's right. And we've seen him with Brownie a couple of times this year when he only looks at one part of the field or only tries to score in certain areas. He's not as effective. And when, he sort of, when he's open and just reacting to the ball, he can hit it pretty much 360 or at least offside leg side. And um, yeah, so the, you know, it's hard for a bowling attack to, to, lock, to, to get any dots on him. What do you think they're going to do with him tonight, mate? You know, they played plenty of the spinners at him the other night. Um, Boyce, Pope, etc., um, and he he just slaughtered them. Yeah, short as well. Do, do you reckon they'll get uh, O'Keefe into him, Steve O'Keefe into him early, or what do you think? I'm actually I'm actually thinking not. I actually think they'll sort of try and hold O'Keefe back a little bit because you know if they know that Brownie's actually striking really well against spin, and he can that can sort of get him get him going as well. So I actually think they might they might sort of try to go their experience with with Abbott. Um, well, he, he'll naturally open up front. Um, depends what their makeup is, but they're going to try and hold the right length to him, and just sort of hope that you know, if they hold the right length for any any batsman, it's always going to be difficult, and that's what Adelaide didn't do. So I actually don't think they're going to throw too much spin at him early, and ho- hope to pick him up with the quicks. Is my take? Yeah. Okay. Can you explain? Can you relive for us the dugout feeling as that was going on? <laughs> oh, I think we were all like we're. I had. Um, Sitting beside, uh, behind me, I had Usman and, and Tall Paul, and we were all sort of just giggling a little bit because each each time he swung, it just cleared the fence. Yeah. So we sort of we we're in awe. And Tall Paul, who's played a lot of cricket, he said, "I just haven't seen striking like this." Aussies, you know, in the same boat as well. So it was sort of just we were just enjoying the show. And obviously, when he got to a hundred, you know, the cheers, the celebrations from within the dugout was huge. And then he just kept going with it and kept going and kept going. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot of joy there for Browning. So he, he struggled against the Sixers the other night on the wicket when it was doing a bit more than it did. Uh, who from the coaching staff is taking responsibility for turning him around? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what staff? Uh, <laughs> I reckon uh, I reckon Buff would be putting his hand up. Well, of course, Buff's going to put his hand up for that and say that he's a, he's the difference in turning him around. Look, everyone's, including the playing group, everyone sort of had a a bit of a bit of a chat to Brownie. But I think Brownie knows exactly what he was doing wrong, and we just had to highlight it. His 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 wheels were spinning the other night. He was just trying to slog everything as opposed to staying still and. And he, on reflection, he knew it. So it was just a matter of actually keeping him still, just reacting to the ball and getting his weight through the ball. So uh, those conversations were definitely had, but he, on his own reflection, he knew what he was doing wrong. Mm. Just put it into practice better the other night. Yeah, because this season there's been some big pills to swallow, you know. Jimmy Pearson didn't get the gloves automatically and Swepo had to sit out the other night. Max Bryant been on the bench most of the year. How How's everyone coped with all that? Well... Look, individual disappointments come into come into selection all the, all the time, but it's it's the bigger picture that we're selling here, and it's we're here for we're here for tonight, and we're here to win tonight, we're here to get to tonight, and then then win it. And so I think no one's bigger than the team, and that's the messaging we we deliver right at the start of the season. Is there will be there will be makeup changes, there will be selection, and it's just how you respond to it. So so far, um, you know, everyone's responded really well in a professional manner. Their personal disappointments there. But professionally, they they mm. see the decision, why the decision's being made, and they get on with the job. So, look, I think you've got to make these tough decisions to get the right makeup to to beat the right team at the right, on the right day. Yeah. Well, one of the decisions I suppose you've got to make. We know that you've got Matthew Renshaw in uh, in camp with you, which is just fantastic news. Uh, leading into a final, uh, have you decided who's going to open your batting with Brownie? Uh, I'm 
I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for our skipper to to um, return a return a call for a, for a coffee catch up with him at this point in time. So um, I uh, yeah, the decision uh, we're. we're I'm clear on. <laughs> yeah, okay. How is the rookie skipper going? How how classic is it to see three games for Nathan McSweeney as captain against a hundred of Moses Enriquez? Yeah, well, I think we all all agree, and we can all see that Nathan's a player on the, on the rise, well and truly, um, in all in all formats, and he's um, you know the young skipper's going really well, and had a, a couple of really good conversations, and he's a, he's a He's a thinker and he's curious about the game. So there's a lot of questions being asked and he's bouncing off other people. And the really, um, the fun thing, the beautiful thing the other night at um, down the coast at Carrara was was the conversations that he was having with Usman, um, you know, in the dressing room, on the bench, uh, just every time. And it's just Nathan just quizzing Usman. You know, what about this scenario? What about this situation? So he's just he's just soaking it all in. Um, he's going to be he's going to be a really good captain in time. Good stuff. Hey, what about what about the internationals, mate? There've been contact from Munro and Billings. Yeah, they're both on a flight over. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that solved and, the uh, opener problem. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, that's. There's going to be, and we spoke about some disappointments with other players missing out. I'm going to have to have those hard conversations. <laughs> Bad luck, Renners. You're out. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great stuff, mate. The, the whole state's behind you. Healy's sitting here with more heat and merch on than you've ever seen. I did. I'm just wanting to check whether he's got the uh, the, the heat jocks on somewhere. Today, but uh, our newsreader Vanessa has got her heat top on as well. Where uh, the whole state's behind you. Good luck, Chucky. Oh yeah. It's good. You're coming down hills. Yes, we're down uh, about a twelve thirty flight or twelve fifteen flight. I think, mate. We'll see you tonight. Didn't, didn't think. Didn't think you'd be missing out on this one, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs> Wade Sackham, Brisbane Heat BBL coach. Well done, mate. Uh, so far, and uh, go hard tonight. Thanks, guys.